Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Turbocharged MD. My name is Rich Forrest. I'm your host. I'm CEO of Medical Marketing Solutions, and these podcasts are specifically geared toward medical practices who are trying to learn, understand, and execute a marketing strategy, a lead conversion strategy, and of course, sales, all the things that uh, really propel your revenue in your practice. So I've really been looking forward to doing this episode because we, we do lead generation and there's plenty of many companies that do. And we also have a call center where we answer or respond to leads, you know, from many different practices. And there are some real, there's some things that really need to be understood and dissected a little bit. So people are clear, whether it be in your office, yourself, what the expectation is of a lead, uh, what is a lead, and how we actually go about converting them into patients, which is actually the last step. So, you know, leads are lifeblood of your of your practice. You know, without leads, you don't have the opportunities to convert, you know, prospects into patients. Handling those leads is really important, you know, in your success formula. And, you know, by definition, a lead is a piece of information about someone that they have given to you. So you have digital assets out there. Somebody goes to your website, sees something they like, or they're just curious. Uh, they're going, very likely going to put their name and their number, their email address and phone number, things that should be mandatory on your site for them to submit. And then that name and their information comes over to your side. And then it's your time to respond, you know, usually as quickly as possible. So first of all, we need to just determine that not every lead is going to lead itself into the same path that you would like it. Now, you know, as far as attracting leads in your lead generation programs and who you really want to treat is going to be, you know, your avatar. Who is it that fits into the demographic of what we do? Um, and, you know, where are those specific people? Where do they live? Are they close to the practice? Uh, what kind of income do they have? What kind of interest that they have? Those are all things that can be uh, determined by the type of lead you're generating uh, through the type of lead generation programs that you're using. And most of them should be relatively specific so that you're attracting the type of people that you do want to treat and you know represent the avatar of your practice. So, you know, leads are often, often, often mishandled. And uh, it's common. Uh, however, I think that there is certainly a roadmap to success when handling a lead and then what your expectations of an actual lead are. So, you know, when people are on the internet and they're searching, whether it be, you know, just doing a Google search uh, on Facebook, an ad pops up or what have you, number one is you want your marketing strategy or your campaign to catch their attention enough for them to stop look read and say this is something that i'm interested in now and here's where you know it starts to get a little gray um, with people's understanding just because somebody submits that they're interested number one doesn't mean they're interested that moment um, doesn't mean they've made a decision already to buy it just really means that they're reaching out and they want more information. Now, if they were very, very hot and interested and really couldn't wait to speak to somebody, they're going to call your practice. 
if someone calls your practice and says, you know, I'm interested in this treatment, we want to get the basics from them, name, number, email address, how they heard about you, and then building a relationship with them. You can listen to many of the previous podcasts on relationship building, what you be, should you be speaking about with your prospects on the phone. But people that are super interested, potentially ready to buy, or really want to speak to a live human being, which to me is really the, the gist of it all. We want to get somebody on the phone to have a conversation and build that relationship with them. Um, those, you know, tend to be your hottest leads, but the, the web inquiries, the digital marketing assets where people are actually, you know, giving you their information to call them. Uh, now you need to have a positive attitude and think, Hey, when we call this person, they're going to become a new patient. You're not going to be pushy about it. This is not like, uh, you know, what we consider to be, uh, normal, you know, sales, you know, it's not a rough and tumble tactic. This is all about relationship building and building trust and excitement. So a lot of times somebody will see your ad and they'll submit a lead, but they're not really sure. I mean, they just want more information. So I think we have to be really realistic in what's going to happen when we get a lead. It's exciting when you get it. You know, your inbox chirps, hey, you have somebody who's interested in your practice, you're thinking new patient, and then you call them and they don't answer. And then you call them again and they don't answer. And then you send them a text message and they don't answer. And then you send them an email. So you have automation set up. Let's assume that. Or if you don't, there are three specific ways to reach out to people via phone, via SMS, via email. I find that a good old-fashioned phone call is the best way to reach out to people and connect. Uh, so, you know, as, as I just want to recap that is that leads that are actually calling your practice, you don't want to get them to go to an answering machine, you know, especially if you're running ads, you want people to be able to answer the phone and, and engage and, you know, speak to that person and educate them as far as what the practice has to offer lead form submissions, which will typically be the majority of your lead, same thing. We want to reach out to them quickly, um, attempt to get in contact with them. And if not, we're going to put them, you know, kind of building a pipeline of leads. Because one thing I know for sure, having been in sales for, you know, well over 30 years is that, they, you know, they don't all convert quickly. It's only about 3% are ready to buy right on the spot if you can contact them. But typically it takes about 13 contact points to actually get in touch with people. I have lots of people ask me, well, you know, I got a lead, but they're not answering the phone. I got a lead and I sent them a text message. They didn't answer back to me. Uh, I got a lead and we sent them an email, but there was no response. And then I think some people just resolved to stop. And that is actually quite the opposite of what you should be doing. Leads are your, you know, they're your diamonds that are going to, you know, fuel your business and get your revenues up. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, about 3% of leads are ready to buy when they speak to you. That means 97% are not. Doesn't mean you should have a 3% attitude thinking, well, if I call them, they're probably not going to sign up. No, you want to be positive in your thoughts. They are going to sign up and devote your full energies to getting them too. But first, you have to get to the person. So, you know, one question that comes up often is, to me is when is the best time to contact a lead? So I'll tell you when the, best, when the worst time to contact a lead is be early, early in the morning when they might be sleeping or late, late at night where they might be sleeping. 
To me, everything in between then is fair game. There is really no good or bad time to call somebody. And when you do call them, you know, it's not necessary to say to somebody, is this a good time to call? Because when you do that, you're actually giving them the opportunity to say, no, it's not a good time to call. And that could, you know, you might not hear from that person again. So, you know, the preferred method would be call them, uh, identify yourself, thank them for inquiring about your services, uh, and then just starting the conversation. And then if they say to you, you know, Mr. So-and-so, this is not a good time for me to call. It's like, oh, great. You know what? I would like to speak when it is a good time for you. What's a good time for you? And I'll call you back then. Setting a specific time of the day that you mutually agree upon and then making sure you call them back in a timely manner. So again, the best time to contact the lead is anytime. Um, now, if you're contacting somebody consistently in the morning and not getting in touch with them, then you need to shift over to the afternoon or the evening. Uh, I think you should sprinkle it, you know, a few different ways, try it different ways. Maybe it's a uh, morning call, afternoon email, later in the day text. And then you can switch that around the next day if you haven't heard from them. Uh, morning text, afternoon call, late, later in the day email. Now, you don't certainly don't want to pester people and you don't want to be sending them, you know, a ton of texts and a ton of emails every day. But. On the flip side of that, they did request or ask for information. And all you're doing is obliging to what, you know, you are committed to, which is following up with them. You know, every time you call somebody or try to contact somebody, all you're really trying to do is help them. These people who have submitted lead forms or expressed an interest, um, obviously are interested on some level. Whether it is to get started today or is just to give them some more information or really curious about pricing, you're not going to know that until you actually have the conversation. But unequivocally, I can tell you that there is no giving up on a lead, uh, especially in the initial stages. There's no saying, well, you know, these leads aren't viable or these people aren't really interested because they didn't answer their phone. Look, we have a call center. My guys and my team, we're on the phone constantly following up, following up, following up. And you'd be surprised uh, if you don't already know and have an experience how many people convert two, three, four weeks, two months after their initial lead inquiry. Happens to us all the time. You know, we have somebody who calls us and we spoke to them three months ago. Now, had in between those three months, there had been some lead nurturing. Obviously, there's going to be some text. There's going to be emails. And there's also going to be voicemails. Really important to leave a voicemail when you call somebody and they don't answer. Politely and nicely who you are, why you called. And you know, I wouldn't get so specific uh, depending on what type of treatments they're looking for. But what I would do is I would definitely always leave them a nice voicemail. If you call somebody or you're somebody from your team calls someone and they don't answer the phone and you just hang up, then you are, uh, you're really starting to nullify your chances or bringing your chances of success way down as somebody, you know, I don't like people that hang up on my, when they call me, I don't answer the phone. I'd like a message. I want to know who it is. And that brings me to another topic. You're calling from a phone number that's probably not in their phone. So when you call, you know, they could potentially think it's spam. Uh, I know, you know lots of people, including myself, who don't answer their phone if they don't recognize the number. Does not mean they don't listen to their voicemail and certainly doesn't mean they're not going to look at a text. And SMS is really should be 
a huge part of your strategy because just about everybody looks at their tests. But going back to the phone call, uh, I would not have a 1-800 number as the call number you're calling from. You're going to have a better success rate contacting a lead when you call them from a similar area code to yours uh, because then they're going to know and you know, obviously think that it, it's a local call. Um, so, you know, the next question really is, so we just ascertained that the, you know, the best time to contact the lead is anytime. Your job is to be an interrupter. You interrupt a day, you know people are working, you know people might be doing this, that, or the other thing, but your job is to, again, contact them and build a relationship to get them into the practice and convert them into becoming a new patient. And I get, like, a, so many inquiries about, you know, well... You know, I called them three times and they didn't answer the phone. You know, that that's just part of sales. Um, you know, sales people, you know, those inherently trained and those who really excel, you know, as a salesperson or a consultant are the ones that are tenacious and don't give up and understand that, you know, a lead is a great source until they tell you they're not interested. So, you might make say to my guy, I've called this guy three times already. You know, we've sent him multiple texts. I we haven't heard back from him. He's not interested, and that's actually not true. No, you don't know what's going on in the other person's life. Maybe they're sick, or maybe someone just passed away, or maybe they're working out of town, or maybe they just don't feel like talking right now. So you know, figuring it out in your own mind is just going to cause more confusion for yourself. So my, my motto is when in doubt, call. Uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that believe in the SMS warm up, you know, followed by the call, that's fine. But at the end of the day, people want humor, human interaction. So it's very, very important that, you know, you have a great follow up strategy. You don't, you know, you stick with it and you're consistent with it. And then you inspect what you expect from your team. So how much follow-up does a lead require? A lot. Average is 13 touch points between phone, SMS, and emails to get somebody interested. So don't forget, you might have the greatest ad in the world that they read, fully explain everything, uh, that fully explains everything to them. And you're thinking, wow, I mean, they should just answer the phone. But again, we can't control people's behavior other than aggressively following up with them and what i want somebody to do when i have you know that person's information is obviously i want to connect with them and i'm happy if somebody says to me this isn't for me or i'm not interested it's okay i don't take offense to it it doesn't mean it wasn't a good lead it just means that right now is probably not the best time for them but i guarantee you this if you continue to have open communication if you let them know and get their permission to follow up with them, you're going to eventually have somebody who's going to convert and become a, a raving fan. Now, I did say that I like when somebody says, I'm not interested only because I don't want to continue to call or contact or keep that person in our, you know, our lead nurturing campaigns if they say, I'm not interested. Now, I'm not interested typically means I'm not interested now. I don't have any money typically means I don't have any money now. But things can change. I'm expecting over the next three months, we'll see a real surge in sales from people who get their tax returns. So typically, people get their tax returns. They're going to invest that money in something that's really important to them. You are offering life-changing uh, treatments and programs that they're going to want to spend that money on. So 
that's another reason why you don't want to just kind of blow it off. Uh, I've had people say to me, hey, I called this lead once and they must not be interested because they didn't call me back or I text them. They didn't call me back. Well, of course, a couple of my questions would be when someone says it to me is, you know, what did you say? Did you leave a nice message? And, you know, what is in your text? Um, you know, I tried to call you. It's not really a great text. You know, we'd love to work with you. We know you're interested in our programs. Is a, be- is a better message. So it really comes down to messaging, your attitude. Um, you know, you have to be positive when you're getting on the phone and making your calls as well. It can't be like, ah, you know what? I hope they answer. If they don't, it's just a bad lead. Uh, and it might be a, a bad lead. A bad lead to me is just completely out of your demographic. They have zero interest for whatever the reason might be. Uh, could be, you know, the wrong income demographic. But those things you can always tweak. Um, a bad lead is not somebody who doesn't answer their phone. Why don't people answer the phone? Again, they don't. They don't recognize the phone number. They're at work. They don't feel like talking at that moment. So, you know, get a good SMS follow-up, a good text follow-up, and, you know, a nice email follow-up. And then, you know, contact them every other day, you know, every third day until you've gotten something from them that is a commitment to either go start the process or end the process right there. Uh, So as far as lead conversion strategies are concerned, and I've, you know, covered this on on many of the um, podcasts, is... You know, your job is to get some, once you get somebody on the phone, get to know them, um, you know, find out a little bit about them, tell them a little bit about you, and then show them how easy it is to get started with one of your treatments and invite them into the practice. Uh, You can't be afraid to ask people to come in. You can't think, well, this person might not be able to afford it or just, you know, pre-qualifying or pre-judging people before you really had a a chance to make the relationship people buy from people they like that's really what it comes down to i can guarantee you that if i listen to 50 phone calls of different practices handling leads i would say probably 90 percent of them need some kind of help or some kind of guidance phone scripts are a great way to help you convert your leads but once somebody does convert to coming in as commit to coming in uh you should be you know either taking some money up front consultation fee uh, because when people have skin in the game they're more likely to show up you know a lot of times you do book people and then they just don't show up so then the question becomes did they have any skin in the game you know what were the ramifications of them not showing up other than they're not going to get the opportunity to uh, be exposed to your amazing practice and your amazing uh, team and treatments and programs so everything really, really has to be strategic. There's no kind of just let's do whatever, you know, and hope it works. And listen, I, again, I've been doing this for a really long time and we do lead generation. And I often get, you know, uh, somebody says to me who are generally, it's oh, this, this can't be good because the person didn't answer the phone. Well, how many times did you call them? You know, are you calling them different times of the day? Are you being nice? Are you leaving a nice message? Are you following off an email? Are you following off a text? You know, rinse and repeat. Uh, there's no specific strategy to get somebody to answer the phone the first time. But when they do answer the phone, you need to be prepared to have that conversation and get them involved 
in whatever your you know practice is doing. So I just want to recap the call really, really fast. You know, I appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully, you're 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 getting some you know useful tips here. A lead is somebody who is interested in your products and services who submitted their name and their number and their email address. You're trying to attract in your lead generation programs people that are really, truly interested in your treatment programs and have the financial means to make that happen. If not, hopefully you have some good financing program. The hottest leads are those leads that actually call in and say, hey, I'm ready for information. Just think about all the chasing you do. And then you have somebody who calls and, they go, and it goes to an answering machine or whoever's answering the phone is not prepared to answer that call. Um, so call-ins are your, your hottest phone calls. You know, After that, lead submissions on forms will be next. Best time to contact leads is any time other than when they might be sleeping. So you know, your job, again, to be an interrupter. Don't don't feel bad that you might be. They'll tell you if, they, if it's not a good time for them, then it's not a good time for them. They'll tell you that. And you just say, when is a good time for you? You know, you want to build this relationship. You can't come off as uninterested or too overconfident or somewhere. You have to come off as, you know, we're interested in helping you change your life. And if that's your attitude, you're going to get a lot better results when trying to contact leads. As far as people answering their phones, you know, we can't control that. You know, if they don't answer their phone, they don't answer their phone. It's not a rebuke on you. It just could be the moment of their life. Maybe they're working three jobs. You know, they have young children at home. We, you know, you're not going to know until you actually get through to them. But I could tell you, if you quit on it, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to say, hey, you know, our, my leads are bad. Whoever your lead generation program is, you're bad leads because – I can't get that somebody on the phone after after two phone calls. You know, finally, of course, you know, our, our whole goal is get people on the phone, get them engaged and have them come into the practice, whether it be for consultation, they've already committed to treatments, whatever it might be. Your job ultimately or the job of your team is convert those leads into paying patients who then will become raving fans and then will be referring you out to um other other uh, potential prospects or patients for your practice. So, you know, if anyone needs help in any of these things, you can call us at Medical Marketing Solutions. Uh, we have three ways we can help you this. We can generate leads for you. We can convert your leads, you know, into paying clients or pay, paying patients, you know, with our concierge consultant team. Uh, or we can train your staff for success. So if you're interested in having a training session, just reach out to me, Rich, uh, at 888-292-1147. You can email me at rich at medicalmarketingsolution.com, and we can set up a time to do an hour uh, seminar on handling leads and phone scripts and all the great things that go into it. So just like anything else, handling a lead, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a strategy, and then you need the tactics to deploy to make sure that you're successful. Again, great to be here with you today. Thank you so much for listening to podcast. Share it with your friends. Share it with your team. Listen to it together and come up with a great uh, lead strategy as far as how you're going to handle them. And again, you can always call us for help, 888-292-1147. This has been another episode of Turbocharge NV. Thank you so much. I appreciate you listening.